You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Check out all the Week 4 fallout there on the site. Uh, reality, fantasy-wise, we got you covered on Sporting News. Here in Locked On Fantasy Football, we start another week, and that means we're going to go into Roundup Monday. We'll look at all the action from the Week 3 Sunday games here in the NFL, break everything down from a fantasy football perspective for you, uh, most important takeaways from every game, both sides there, and we'll dive into that in a moment, but first I gotta tell you, this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by Visa, help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community, but right now more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with the contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. All right, so a lot of action there. Not as many injuries, thankfully. There were still some notable injuries that we will uh, talk about as we get through all the games here, but a lot to talk about, so let's go into it here. The first 1 p.m. Eastern time result we'll talk about. What a wild game between the Bills and the Rams. The Bills were up 28-3 in this game, but the Rams came storming back and ends up 35-32 in favor of the Bills. Let's start with the home team that won. uh, Josh Allen, another big game for Josh, and he's doing it with his arm mostly. 3-11-4 through the air, just dealing all over the field here. We also had a rushing touchdown, only eight yards rushing. So that aspect is gone, but Allen has become a better reality quarterback. He's been still an awesome fantasy quarterback because the way he puts the ball in aggressively, he's going to uh, keep rolling here, even if he gets sacked and gets pressure. And uh, they're not running the ball that well. Devin Singletary looked pretty good here, 71 yards rushing. There was no uh, Zach Moss who had a toe injury and missed this game. So Singletary in the backfield to himself, so that was a nice game for him. He got the 17 touches 121 yards, but still not a team that is uh, going to ease off the gas pedal. Stephon Diggs, another solid game here, scored. It was quiet otherwise, 449 on six targets, but Jalen Ramsey was on the other side, so he knew that was going to affect things. Uh, John Brown, unfortunately, got hurt and put up a zero in this game. So, unfortunately, uh, there that uh, John Brown might uh, be back on the shelf here with a calf injury, so we'll watch that. Cole Beasley back into the mix, working the slot, six catches on seven targets for 100 yards. So Beasley still has some fantasy relevance if they're going to throw this much and this effectively with Josh Allen here this season. So, you know, we'll have to watch Brown's injury. That obviously bumps Beasley up in value, as well as Gabriel Davis, the rookie, caught all four targets for 81 yards. So the Brown injury certainly opened things up a little bit more beyond Diggs in this backfield. We'll see if Moss misses more time. Singletary is pretty much an easy play based on the way this offense is humming in Buffalo at the moment. Now, let's look at the Rams. Uh, Jared Goff, another solid game. And uh, Robert Woods uh, fought through the Trudavious-White matchup and produced. We didn't like him going in, but the reverse jinx worked. 
He catches five for 74 in a score. He also rushes three times for 30 yards. Malcolm Brown was healthy, but Daryl Henderson, the hot hand in the backfield, took over with no Cam Akers. 20 carries, 114 yards, looked great again. TD, also a catch for six yards. So Henderson, living up to the expectations when everyone drafted him pretty high last year. He was off the radar here between Akers and Brown and all that stuff. But Henderson looks like the lead until Akers can come back, and that's a tough injury with the ribs here. So Malcolm Brown, uh, it was fun while it lasted for one game, but Henderson looks like the back of choice here for Sean McVay going forward. Tyler Higby, quiet game with four, uh, two catches for 40 yards, but Cooper Cup continues to be where they go for most, and you figured he was going to have a big game here. Ten targets, catches nine for 107 in TD. So Cup, Woods, Henderson, they're like their triplets again on this team. And again, uh, still not reaching for a third receiver on this team. Uh, Van Jefferson still got a, not getting enough consistent looks here. So Cup, Woods, and Higby are the guys that you put in every week. And Henderson looks like the RB that you want to play from the Rams at this very moment as long as uh, Akers is out. The next game we'll talk about in the 1 p.m. Eastern Time window, the Raiders and the Patriots. And uh, the Patriots pull away in this one 36-20. As we expected, the Patriots are going to run like nuts. They did. Sonny Michelle, 9 carries, 117. I like that. Rex Burkhead, 6 for uh, 49 and 2 TDs here on the ground from uh, Cam Newton. He had a third touchdown receiving. He was the leading receiver. So 7 catches for 49 yards and 10 targets. James White uh, had to miss the game because of personal reasons. They dedicated the win to White, and why not? When you rush for 250 and 2, and uh, your leading receiver is Burkhead. So Burkhead, well, the way this uh, backfield is right now, I mean, as long as White's out, and I expect he'll be back at some point here soon, but he uh, inspired, ran really well. Michelle had his nice breakout game, but Burkhead gets the pay dirt three times here for the Patriots. Cam Newton... It was tough. Uh, they really tried to work to contain his running, only 27 yards rushing TD. So this is going to happen here. Uh, but the Patriots, versatile again with their offense. This really hurt Julian Edelman and their other receivers here. As we thought they would open things up and throw more, but they didn't really have to. It's the Raiders who really wilted against the run in this game. So tough team to read week in and week out, but I think they'll definitely have to throw more a lot to the matchup against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs here in week number four. Now, on the other side of things, Raiders, Derek Carr with another solid game, 261-2. and two, So he's got some more viability in deeper leagues. Hunter Renfro almost had a TD earlier, but he caught one late in garbage time. Six for 84 and nine targets. Uh, part of it was uh, Henry Ruggs III missed the game. Brian Edwards got hurt in the game, the two rookies. Uh, and then it's going to be a committee spreading the ball around. Darren Waller was banged up and very quiet. The Patriots did make an effort to take him and Jacobs out of the game. Surprise, surprise. The two things that the Raiders rely upon most, and they they squeeze them. No rugs that led to Renfro producing. I don't still trust Renfro uh, consistently. They do play the Bills this week, so tough matchup again for uh, the Raiders facing a team from the AFC East there. But uh, Jacobs and Waller, they should be fine, healthier next week to be more productive. We'll have to watch on rugs and Edwards if uh, that's the case. Uh, we know that... Uh, Carr really trusts uh, Hunter Renfro if he gets on the field quite a bit, and that could definitely keep happening here. The next game we'll talk about in the 1 p.m. window is the 
Washington uh, football team traveling to Cleveland. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, former Ohio State star, looked pretty good. 224 and 2. Unfortunately, had three interceptions here. Got sloppy. The pass rush got to him. They sacked him three times. So the Browns were a good streaming defense. They came through there. Antonio Gibson, still not all that effective and not getting a lot of volume with the game script, but he scored again. Nine rushes for 49. I had three catches for 11. So clearly he's the leader in this backfield. Peyton Barber. Very limited, uh, doesn't matter what the game script is, Gibson is going to be involved because he's a good receiver here. So Gibson looks like a pretty solid RB2 now, even in a tough spot where I thought it would be hard to produce uh, here with the game script. But he did get the late touchdown, which really helped Gibson's value in this game uh, to really save it. Uh, Terry McLaurin looked good, four catches for 83, but eight targets. We know the inconsistency is going to be there with uh, one... uh, Dwayne Haskins, the story here is Dontrell Inman scoring twice. I don't think this is a guy you're going to chase, though. Only six targets, caught three for 38. They really don't have number two. Steven Sims was banged up in this game. That gave Inman more opportunity here, but I'm not trusting anything the Washington passing game or running game behind uh, McLaurin and Gibson here going forward. Uh, just where you'll have the most consistent production, so don't chase the points there with Inman. Uh, that's just a fluky game in this particular matchup. Now, on the Brown side of things, uh, it's the Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt show. And uh, Hunt got in the end zone, which really helped him. Uh, he's solid every week. We got 18 touches for 64 behind Chubb. But Chubb, big, big game for Chubb. He has uh, 19 carries here, 108 yards, 2 TDs. So if the game script is positive and they're going to pull away, it's going to be a great uh, Chubb game. And we saw that uh, for two straight weeks now against the Bengals. And Washington next week, it might be a little more of a hunt game as they play the Cowboys in a little more of a high-scoring affair. So we'll see that. Old Beckham Jr. still putting around the same numbers. Really touchdown-dependent, big play-dependent at this point. Four catches, 59 on six targets. Jarvis Landry, four for 36. So what's happening is this pretty much is a Chubb-Hunt offense and nothing really else for the Browns. So next week, I think it'll be a chance with the Cowboys secondary hurting for Beckham, Landry, uh, Austin Hooper, and uh, the rest of this uh, Passing core here for uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, just the game script is going to call for that against the Cowboys. We know the Cowboys have been involved in some high passing duels here early in the season. That should continue. So, again, uh, uh, Chubb is a great guy if they're playing ahead, and I, I think they still have a chance to do that against the Cowboys. It's not like they're a dominant defense by any means, but I, I feel like it's going to be more of a receiving-centric game there in week number four. The next game we'll talk about here in this uh, 1 p.m. window before we take our first break is the uh, Steelers and Texans. Uh, This one was really slow starting for the Steelers. They allowed 21 first half points, but they didn't allow anything to... uh, in the second half here to Deshaun Watson. 264-2 for Watson here. So, okay game, but he still took five sacks, didn't run too much, only five yards there. So, it was still a mediocre game for a guy that you draft in the top half of quarterbacks. Uh, so, I mean, 264 and two, we talked about it. It's not the greatest game right now in fantasy with guys thrown for 303 as a floor in a lot of instances. So, when you think about that with this uh, team that, uh, the Texans just not all that explosive. Randall Cobb also caught the touchdown here. So, that's also something that you, uh, uh, look at that he might be a little bit more involved. They need to get him as a third receiver. Brandon Cook's quiet in this game. The Steelers can be had in the slot. We've seen that here in the first uh, couple games here. Will Fuller returned from that mysterious hamstring disappearance there last week against the Ravens. Four for 54 and a touchdown on five targets. So at least the receivers got a little bit involved for Watson. 
David Johnson didn't do all that much. 16 touches, 46 yards, but he does get in the box here to help uh, your fantasy football team. So all things considered, tough matchup. If you had to play Johnson and Watson, you were happy there. And if you stretched the fuller, you were rewarded as well here uh, for the Texans. Uh, look, So not too much there. It's just pretty much Watson and Johnson extending everything else is at your own risk. And even in this type of matchup, Ben Roethlisberger, we thought he was going to go off a little bit more. Still pretty solid, 237-2. and Just not the bigger game we thought against this Texans secondary. They actually have one good corner in Bradley Roby. Another great game for James Conner. 18 carries, 109 yards, touchdown. Also four catches for 40. So Conner looking healthy again, looking solid. Not Benny Snell in there. It was uh, Anthony McFarland as a change of pace here. So Snell value after week one where uh, Connor was hurt is really a plummeted here. Now it's more of a committee of McFarland and Snell behind uh, Connor if he would uh, get hurt here. Deontay Johnson fortunately had a concussion in this game, so he was out of the mix. Eric Ebron came alive at tight end a little bit, 5 for 52 and a touchdown on seven targets. So the uh, Texans really struggling against a tight end. Juju, we knew in the slot that he could eat, and he did, 4 for 43 and a touchdown on five. But Again, they didn't throw as much as we thought. They ran all over the Texans, 169 yards. They went to running game defense to win this game. So you need a little bit more resistance. We thought it might be a shootout early with the Texans out of the gate, but the Steelers really took control there uh, and uh, kind of just grinded away the second half, and uh, that really hurt uh, fantasy here. But, uh, you know, the Steelers play the Titans, so it could be a high-scoring game for sure with the Red Hot uh, Titans next week. Here the Texans, again, uh, just... uh, looking at the Vikings, so that's a great uh, matchup for them as well. So this crossover between the the AFC South and AFC North is going to be pretty rewarding here, and the Steelers are getting some of that here next week with the Titans as well. All right, so there's a look at uh, the first uh, few games, uh, four from uh, Week 4 NFL Sunday. We'll get into the rest of the games throughout the course of this show here, but first got to tell you about CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or if you spend eight hours a day in a comfortable office chair, everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. You can try CBD Freeze with Mentol, an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient, easy-to-use roller of shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds such as Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering you, the listener to Lockdown Fantasy Football, 20% off when you order next from CBDMD using the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Check out again that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONNFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. We'll be right back here to uh, break down the next wave of early afternoon games from a week four NFL Sunday. All right, let's move on now to the 49ers and Giants. Uh, Nick Mullins uh, came in and threw for 343 in touchdowns uh, and one touchdown here, starting for Jimmy Garoppolo, 36-9, to an odd score, but they uh, quadrupled the Giants in this game. Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson, you're rewarded if you plug them in. You're uh, not great rushing totals. The Giants' run defense was actually great, but Jarek McKinnon finds the end zone rushing 38 yards. They also had 39 receiving. Jeff Wilson had the bigger game with a couple scores, one rushing, one receiving, with 69 yards from scrimmage. So they got the job done even with limited rushing, replacing Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman. So as long as those two guys are out, McKinnon and Wilson, 
Wilson's the power back. McKinnon's the change of pace back. They're going to be used quite a bit here for Kyle Shanahan, and we saw the production right away. Brandon Ayuk, they need a burst at wide receiver. Debo Samuel, by the way, around the corner, about to return in a couple weeks against the Dolphins here. But you look at it here, uh, Ayuk, big impact here. Three rushes for 31 and a touchdown, also five for 70. Led them in receiving, as well as their second leading rusher. So Ayuk, the rookie from Arizona State, is a real deal. is a playmaker, finally healthy. And uh, he got going with Nick Mullins, of all people. Another missed game for George Kill. They were protecting him from the turf. He should be back next week. And they need him back with Jordan Reed having injury in this game. Uh, almost caught a touchdown, but got hurt and wasn't the same. Since then, they'd use Ross Dwelly a little bit more, but can't wait for Kittle to return to put up some numbers. Kendrick Bourne put up some numbers here, 4 for 63. So, interesting that they did more in the passing game with Mullins here out of necessity as the Giants really try to take away the running game, force Mullins to beat them, and he was pretty solid in this game. So, Ayuk is a guy I'm interested in, not much so much with Bourne, and uh, McKinnon Wilson both have uh, values as RB2 borderline flex because of their usage in this offense. Now we look at the Giants side of things here. Uh, there was an easy uh, situation uh, with this to avoid. Uh, Daniel Jones, 179 interception. We knew this was going to be a terrible game. He's actually their leading rusher with no Saquon Barkley, 49 yards. Devontae Freeman, Wayne Gallman, Deion Lewis, this backfield is just a nightmare right now. Derek Slayton didn't like him as the number one. He came through with 53 yards on three targets, but Golden Tate, Derek Slayton, even their use is pretty limited. Evan Ingram, as we expected, didn't do anything either. So the real simple takeaway with the Giants is avoid, 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 and that's what we see. I think things can get better for the Giants here, but I just uh, not a team that I'm totally buying into with all these injuries and just team not in a good position to recover here, unfortunately. And so Jones, you really can't uh, go even to that direction with the Giants. The next game that we'll talk about also involved a bad team from the NFC East. We just didn't think it was going to be Philadelphia Eagles. They tied the Bengals, which is as good as a loss here, 23-23 in overtime. Carson Wentz, you got to bench him. You can't play him at this point. He did have two TDs in this game as well as 65 yards rushing. They're uh, 225, but still, there's a lot of guys, again, I'm, the 303 being a high floor for some of these people, you drafted Wentz to be better than that. You can find guys that can put up better numbers for you. So 49ers are next, and the Steelers and Ravens. So three-week stretch where I'm going to avoid Wentz for sure. Miles Sanders, he's the only Eagle you can consistently rely on, on top of uh, Zach Ertz here. 7 for 70 for Ertz on 10 targets. Uh, Sanders, a great game, 95 yards rushing. Involved in the passing as well with uh, four catches for 12. So he's an every-week start. Wentz is not. Ertz is still in there, especially with Dallas Goddard not having an ankle injury. He's going to miss significant time. So Ertz has tight end all himself. The rookie John Hightower played more, but still more. Greg Ward, eight catches for 72 yards and a touchdown on 11 targets. So Ward and Ertz, as long as uh, Deshaun Jackson hamstrung, uh, Jalen Rager with the thumb, Alshon Jeffrey with the foot, he's going to be the guy that... uh, Wentz relies upon most here in some of these matchups going forward because there's trust from the end of last season. Now let's look for the Bengals here. 3-12-2 for Joe Burrow. Great game despite been getting sacked eight times and facing a lot of pressure. T. Higgins is the guy he found in the end zone twice here. The rookie comes through with five catches on nine targets for 40 yards. So A.J. Green continues to fade here. Five for 36 and six targets, but Definitely Burrow is finding a better connection with Tyler Boyd, who caught 10 of 13 targets for 125. Not much from Drew Sample in the tight ends here. So they changed up by using Higgins a little bit more this week with Boyd, and it really worked out. Joe Bernard had a big game receiving with 55 there. Joe Mixon just still not getting on track here. He had 19 touches, but only turned them into a 
65 yards. So it's been tough sledding for Mixon to put up uh, fantasy value here early because of the Bengals' offense and things coming around it. And uh, needs the touchdowns that are just not happening right now for him. So stick with him, but he's more of an RB2 to me. And so that RB1 you drafted, maybe Burrow and open things up in the passing game can certainly help him at some point. But Higgins back on the radar. Green continues to fade as a wide receiver. I don't want to play it. Boyd shouldn't be in her lineups every week. Now let's go to our next game in the uh, 1 p.m. window. It's the Titans and Vikings. This was a wild one as well. The Vikings, I thought, were going to pull this out. They blew a big lead in this one. They were up uh, 17-9 at halftime. But the Titans came roaring back in the third quarter with a lot of Derrick Henry. So 31-30, and uh, Derrick Henry finally had that monster game we were looking for. 119 on the ground, two scores. That's just that's two catches for 11. The Vikings could not stop the run here. Uh, overall, when uh, Henry was uh, pounding away at them, and Corey Davis had some nice looks here, but Khalif Raymond had a few big plays here that uh, kind of cut to Davis. But 5 for 69 and 6 targets for Davis without A.J. Brown for another week. Jonathan Smith was solid, not spectacular. 5 catches for 61 on 8 targets here. And uh, Ryan Tannehill cooled off definitely a little bit uh, here with uh, the touchdowns going to Henry. We knew that could happen at any point. He's a little touchdown dependent, so he ended up with 321, but no TDs and an interception. Kirk Cousins put up more, 251 and 3, but he had two picks here. It was a pretty sloppy game. The story for the Vikings, Dalvin Cook got back on track. 22 carries, 181 yards, and the score there, 18 receiving yards. Justin Jefferson got going. Uh, Adam Thielen with the attention. He did have three for 29 and a touchdown five, but Jefferson they finally unleashed the rookie here from LSU to make some big plays, and he did. Seven for 175 and a touchdown, including a 71-yarder and nine targets. So Jefferson coming alive. For those of you drafted, being patient for uh, Jefferson's value. It's definitely here behind uh, Thielen. Arrived, they need somebody to spark them. Kyle Rudolph finds the end zone as well. So the Vikings offense, at least with their defense being bad, they're going to have to score and move the ball quite a bit. And it's good if they're playing from ahead in a high-scoring affair. That means Dalvin Cook will keep getting the ball and producing it up. Again, interesting uh, matchup there definitely next week. For the Vikings as they play Texans, a lot of good uh, Feelings there for Cook, Jefferson, Thielen here for a very high-scoring affair indeed again wherever the Vikings go this season. That also seems to be the case for the Atlanta Falcons here. Uh, (laughs) I can't believe what happened here. Yet another blown lead. 99% chance of beating the Eagles. That didn't happen. 99% chance of beating the Bears. They give up 20 unanswered fourth-quarter points and lose 30-26. to Can't believe this happened to the team again, but Julio Jones didn't play this game with the hamstring. Russell Gage had a head injury in the middle, so it was the Calvin Ridley show, so they were limited to basically Ridley here throwing the ball. Hayden Hurst uh, did catch a little short touchdown, but that was it. But it was really hard for Matt Ryan to operate with the limited in the running game. They were actually pretty good here. 80 uh, rushing yards for Gurley and a touchdown. Brian Hill had a long 35-yard touchdown as well here, so they actually ran the ball better out of necessity without Jones, without Gage. Hurst not doing much and uh, against his Bears' pretty good defense. Ridley was cooled off after some big plays early. So, again, they need Jones back to really help the value of Ridley here all, all around. And Hurst and Gage, this is what Matt Ryan was in the groove. And Matt Ryan, not surprisingly, 231-1 with a pick. Very disappointing at home here in what we thought would be more 
Falcons love, but the two rushing touchdowns hurt there. Mitchell Trubisky was benched. He did lead the team in rushing with 45 yards, but 128-1-1. Nick Foles takes over 188-3-1 there with a massive fourth quarter. So Nick Foles might be the starter going forward. The good thing was he woke up Allen Robinson, 10 for 123, and a touchdown, 13 targets. Jimmy Graham looked awesome. Six for catch, six catches for 60 yards on two TDs and nine targets. Anthony Miller, two for 41 TDs. So it looks like Robinson, Graham, and Miller certainly where Foles wants to go a little bit more with his offense. They lost Tarek Cohen uh, for the season here with the torn ACL. So that's going to open things up more for Miller and Graham being more involved in the passing game. That's for sure. I think if they split the difference between Ted Ginn and Darnell Mooney as their deep threat as the third and fourth receiver here on this team. But Graham has to be a factor. I mean, he scored now in back-to-back weeks. They're trusting the tight end more. That's a good position in Matt Nagy's offense. And as long as Foles in there, looks like Graham's going to get some love here, as well as Robinson and Miller. So definitely bumps up the value of all the Bears' patch catchers with the super sub Foles in there. The next game we'll talk about, and the final one we'll talk about in this segment, uh, is the Jets and the Colts, and the Jets here, atrocious, 36-7, almost like the same score we had in the Giants-49ers game. The Colts, 217-1 for Phillip Rivers, so he's not having to do much here in the passing game. If they can run, 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 they're going to do that. They did that with Jonathan Taylor, 13 carries for 59 yards. And a TD, what really hurt really the stats for the Colts is they had two pick sixes. They were great defensively in this game, so they didn't have to do much offensively. They even uh, were able to go to Jacoby Brissett late in the game. That's how comfortable they were in this one. So this passing game still a mess here. Mo Ali Cox comes through. So Philip Rivers really likes Mo Ali Cox. So they were looking to have Jack Doyle back, but uh, that didn't quite happen here. So 33 catches for 50 yards and a TD on three targets. T.Y. Hilton 352 on three. Zach Pascal only two for 34. Michael Pittman three for 26 when he got hurt here. So Basically, it's Jonathan Taylor and Mo Ali Cox are the two Colts you can uh, really rest on in their defense. Playing the Bears next week, that should be interesting. If Foles is in there, less likely to play them than if Mitchell Trubisky, especially with that game being on the road in Chicago. Now, Jets, Sam Darnold, we said two of his three interceptions were pick sixes, only 168 yards. Sam Darnold's so far off the fantasy football radar. I think everyone on the Jets is pretty much useless at this point. Uh, Frank Gore, LaMichael Pirine, no. Kalen Balaj, all replacing Le'Veon Bell, nothing to see here. Braxton Berrios by default uh, with Chris Hogan banged up. And uh, Brashad Perryman banged up, and James Crowder banged up, and Denzel Mims. By default, Braxton Berrios catches all four targets for 64 in a TD. I don't know how much I trust him, but deeper leagues, wide receiver three flex. That's about all I'm going with the Jets, and we'll see about uh, Crowder and Perryman if they ever come back to help uh, Darnold here in short week. I don't think they're going to play against the Broncos. So it's Berrios or bust, and that doesn't sound great with the Jets' offense here in 2020. All right, so uh, there's a look at a few more games here. We still have to look at our late afternoon window games and our Sunday night football game as well, those takeaways. But first, I got to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And now the improved Built Bar is even deliciouser with six new flavors caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. That also goes with the 12 original flavors. Coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange toffee almond, coconut and peanut brownie. Yes, those sound delicious. Those are like desserts that are in the form of a protein bar. All the bars at the Built Bar are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a very delicious treat. All the bars you get from Built Bar, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, fiber, great for anyone on a keto diet. 
Just take the flavor profile of their coconut almond. 18 grams protein, 180 calories, 5 grams sugar, 5 grams net carbs. I got my first box and I want to get more and more easily from Built Bar. Just delicious products and uh, ever-expanding flavors and all such great chocolate uh, treats here to get you through your day. Or even as a dessert with some health benefits here, Built Bar is good for you. Now, you can save right away at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN and you get $10 off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. We'll be right back here to close the show looking at the late afternoon window games here of week four and the takeaways for fantasy football. All right, let's continue here. Uh, the next game we'll talk about the Chargers and the Panthers. The Panthers shocked the Chargers. No pun intended there. 21-16. to 16. Teddy Bridgewater, 235-1 and one there on the road. DJ Moore took a while, but he got going against a tough secondary. Only had two catches, but made it count for 65 yards and only four targets. We figured Robbie Anderson, him, would struggle. Uh, Chris Harris Jr. did leave this game, but Casey Hayward, Desmond King, tough matchups here. For the Panthers, they grinded away with Mike Davis, who uh, scores. He had uh, 91 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. You'll take that if you lost Christian McCaffrey here. There, uh, so grinding game for the Panthers. Uh, they get uh, their defense going a little bit. So, really, Mike Davis and uh, Morn Anderson are really the only places you can look here for production from the Panthers. Now, Justin Herbert threw for 330 here for the Chargers, but sacked twice, uh, had some issues, got banged up, but couldn't quite finish the game winning drive here. But what he did do is feed Austin, or Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen quite a bit 23 touches for uh, 100 and 43 yards for Eckler and a touchdown. Uh, Keenan Allen, 132 and a touchdown, receiving on 19 targets. So he peppered Allen and Eckler, got Hunter Henry involved, five catches for 50 on seven targets. Mike Williams, unfortunately, got hurt. They really missed his big play presence. The game flow did not help Joshua Kelly here. Lost a fumble early and only eight carries for 43. So that was a bit of a bust. We thought the Chargers were going to play from ahead and uh, dominate this Panthers run defense. That didn't quite happen. The game script just uh, really hurt Kelly. But Eckler's uh, game script uh, independent, and so is uh, Keenan Allen when they came through here. So we like the upside here with Justin Herbert and this offense of the Chargers, uh, even though the results haven't been so good for them in the win-loss column the last two weeks. And with the punctured lung, we expect more uh, absence for Tyra Taylor. So he's going to get your principles involved, and that's what we want from Herbert here. Not ready to start him individually quite yet. Let's go to the Buccaneers and Broncos. I really like Tom Brady this week in a solid game indeed. The Broncos defense, nothing to be scary about. 297-3 for Brady. Chris Godwin scored before he had a hamstring issue. Came back from the concussion. 5 for 64 and touchdown for 6 targets. So we'll watch Godwin's value there. Mike Evans didn't do much. He caught two passes, but they made it count. Two touchdowns here. So Mike Evans, the uh, cheap uh, red zone guy here. For the uh, Buccaneers. So we knew Godwin had a great matchup. Evans had a little tougher, but Evans came through with the two scores. Again, by committee, O.J. Howard, 49 receiving yards. Gronk, 48, so you can't go there yet. Uh, Ronald Jones and uh, Leonard Fournette, this running game, really got shut down by the Broncos. They forced Brady to beat them, and he did. And uh, that's not good. Jones and Fournette were definitely busts here. And uh, we're head-scratching ourselves with the role for Fournette going forward here with Jones back in the mix. So we'll see that. Scotty Miller. Can't be totally ignored in fantasy. Three catches for E3 on five targets. Certainly an affinity from Tom Brady. Now let's uh, look on the other side of things uh, here for the Broncos. Uh, uh, 
Tough game for Melvin Gordon, as we thought. Jerry Judy, we thought, could be valuable. 5 for 55 with Jeff Driscoll on 9 targets, but that was the leading receiving total here. Noah Fant, 5 for 46 on 10 targets. So, tough matchup against the Bucks. They play the Jets this week, so it should be much better for Melvin Gordon on Thursday night. Uh, Judy and Fant also have some decent matchups, but brutal game for Jeff Driscoll in there. They had to put Brett Rippon yet late for some mop-up duty, so we'll see if who plays there in week number four. But definitely the Broncos... A team to avoid other than uh, Gordon and Fant at this point in fantasy and uh, if you're in deeper leagues, Judy as well. The next game we'll talk about is the uh, Lions and uh, Cardinals. And uh, this one, the Lions upset the Cardinals, a mild upset, 26-23. Beth Stafford, solid game, 270-2, still not anything too exciting here. We didn't love Adrian Peterson, but he came up with 75 yards rushing in this game. They're still splitting with Kerryon Johnson, DeAndre Swift. It's a, still a messy Backfield that you can't trust. Kenny Galladay back and good to go. Six catches on seven targets for 57 TD. He helped Marvin Jones catch three for 51, getting some attention. Jesse James, unfortunately, stole the touchdown from TJ Hawkinson at tight end four for 53. So numbers weren't all that great for the Lions. Still, Peterson's still the default lead back if you need someone in this backfield. Now, surprise, surprise to the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, again, ran for a touchdown, 29 yards. It threw for two, but three picks here with the 270 yards. Still very highly DeAndre Hopkins dependent. But this one, there was a spark from Andy Isabella. No Christian Kirk in this game, but Isabella looked really good, catching all four targets for 47, two scores, playing off Hopkins. So we're looking for a number two to step up. It might be Isabella. Deeper leagues worth considering here, as long as Kirk is out with a growing injury. Hopkins still dominating as a wide receiver one. And I think so early, it's not been that great for Kenny Drake. Only uh, 19 touches for 79 yards and no score. So Kyler Murray's running and Chase Edmonds' usage really hurting into Kenny Drake's value as an RB2 at this particular time. Something we want to watch and continue to develop. But Isabel, a bright spot here for the Cardinals in the loss, 26-23. The penultimate game here was the marquee game in the 4 o'clock window that we'll talk about. It's the Cowboys and Seahawks. The Seahawks... Rally with a late touchdown here to uh, DK Metcalf to win the game. Metcalf also fumbled crossing the goal line earlier where he would have had another score here. And a monster game for him. Four for 110 on eight targets. And a TD, Tyler Lockett, nine for 103 scores on 13 targets. All the Russell Wilson show. 315 and five. Ho-hum performance for him as the ultimate QB1 here in 2020 so far. Also six rushes for 22 if he didn't need to add anything more. Chris Carson got hurt in this game. Only uh, 17 touches for 76 yards. So we'll have to see with the knee issue. Uh, Carlos Hyde is the backup for now. Travis Homer also in the mix. We know Rashad Penny's not available. So could be a messy committee without Carson here. So we want to watch that and be prepared to replace him next week against the Dolphins. Great matchup for whoever's in that committee for sure for Seattle. But Metcalf, Lockett, Wilson, that's where you go every week. Certainly and Carson if he's healthy. The Seahawks and keep expecting big points there. But uh, they could... Uh, to take off the gas pedal a little bit this week uh, playing Miami. See, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick needs to uh, provide some resistance here, but Wilson locked into your lineup. Uh, keep rolling with him, and uh, he could really be a league winner at quarterback this season. Dak Prescott, another 450-yard game. Now he goes to 472, has two interceptions, uh, but no touchdowns running in this one, but 472 and three, 28 rushing yards. Zeke Elliott was kind of shut down by the Seahawks. Only 34 yards rushing on 14 carries. So, uh, But did get uh, six catches for 24 to make his day a little bit more respectable and get in the end zone. 
Michael Gallup, we were expecting him to get going. Six for 138 on nine targets, including a few long balls here, TD. Cedric Wilson was a surprise. He cut into Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. So they pivoted away from the Dalton Schultz usage, four for 48, to Wilson, five for 107 and two scores here, with uh, Cooper getting nine for 86 on 12 and five for 65 on CeeDee Lamb. So we knew one of these uh, receivers would go off. It was Gallup. We knew somebody else could go off, but it was Wilson instead of Cooper and Lamb. So... Again, don't chase Wilson like uh, you might have chased Schultz last week. It's still a Gallup-Cooper-Lamb show with Elliott and uh, Prescott in this offense for the Cowboys here and uh, game, playing the Browns next week. So good chance to uh, get these guys going again downfield as a trio in week number four. Finally, the last game we'll talk about is the Packers and uh, Saints uh, 37-30. The Packers uh, rally here with 10 points. In the fourth quarter here, and uh, Aaron Rodgers still solid here, 283 and three, adds 12 yards rushing. Aaron Jones had a little tough sledding against a pretty good run defense, but 18 for 86 uh, combined from scrimmage with a TD. You'll take that on an off day. Al Lazard was the story here, not MVS. Only one catch for five yards on four targets in MVS, but Lazard we know has the higher floor. He had the higher ceiling in this game as well, catching six of eight from 146. And a score including a 72-yard play. Robert Tanyan was the guy who stepped up. We heard about this. He was the leading tight end over here. But they used him and Jay Sternberger. 5 for 50 and 1 for Tanyan. 3 for 36 as Sternberger gets his first catches of his NFL career. So without DeMonte Adams, they used the tight end quite a bit. And Mercedes Lewis also found the end zone on an 18-yard catch. So it was uh, pretty much Lazard and the tight ends exploiting uh, the Saints here. And uh, that really hurt MBS here. And... Uh, Again, Lazard, we know, is going to be the more consistent threat whether or not Adams is in there. And I think the tight ends more was a result of Adams not being in there for the Packers. Now, let's look at the no Michael Thomas with the Saints. 288-3, and three, so two solid almost mirror image games here for the two quarterbacks. The two went to uh, Alvin Kamara, 139 receiving yards on 13 on 14 targets, including a 75-yard play or 52-yard play for a score. Two DDs there. Alvin Kamara, six for 58. Kamara is also looking like a league winner. If you were bold enough to take him ahead of uh, Saquon Barkley at number two overall, I mean, you're sitting pretty here, or Ezekiel Elliott. He's just dominating here with the Thomas injury. He's just doing everything the Saints need. Emmanuel Sanders came back to do some work here. Four catches for 56 on five targets. So this team is going to be very Kamara dependent. The other guys are more by committee. Traquan Smith, Jared Cook, very uh, similar there. With their numbers, so got Sanders more involved, but Kamara certainly is the lifeblood here. Breeze is still solid that you can start in uh, most weeks, and they are playing a uh, favorable matchup this week against the Lions, so that's going to help Breeze stay on track here. But Kamara in position for another monster game, and we'll see about Thomas returning. So there you have it. There's a look at all of the 14 games of action on Sunday, breaking them down for you, the fantasy football takeaways you need to know here going into week four, coming out of week three. That's our, we do it on Roundup Monday. We still have the big game, Chiefs-Ravens, to talk about tomorrow on Pickup Tuesday, and we'll also dive into the waiver wire and free agency work you need to do ahead of week number three. So we'll do that. Looking forward to that show. We're into our progressive, known as Lockdown Fantasy Football, for week number three, four, making the transition tomorrow. And don't forget, matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday, double dose of breaking down all the games of week four. Close with lineup Friday, our DFS look at week four. That's how we do it here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time. 
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.